Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mojo 5 0. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. American Rock Radio. News, opinion, and a little irreverence from both sides of the 49th parallel. This is American Rock Radio with Mike Phillip. Welcome back to American Uck Radio. Happy Monday, everybody. It's uh, Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, and the reason why the country of Canada celebrates Thanksgiving at this time, uh, from what I've learned, is because uh, some uh, blue blood prince that uh, nobody ever heard of got a really nasty flu and did not die. Now he's most likely dead by now, but we're all just so happy that he skated through that. Nothing else mattered in the history of anything. And it's funny, too, because most Canadians don't even know why uh, Thanksgiving is celebrated this weekend. So there you go. Ridiculous country. Captain Gay Sox is... uh, Showed up at a rally in Mississauga, Ontario. That is actually Kevin J. Johnston's stomping grounds. Wearing a bulletproof vest. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to look like uh, a gangsta, I guess. We got a little bit on that today. I've got some of my own thoughts, but... um, Project Veritas released their video undercover sting operation on CNN... About 45 minutes ago, I've got some audio from that video for any of you that have not watched it yet. I won't say that it was a disappointment. Um, I was hoping for something worse than was contained in the video. I mean, it's no secret that CNN is out to get Trump. But what I was surprised to find that it's not all of CNN. It basically emanates from the top, from Zuck. Huh? The Zuck hates Donald Trump. And interestingly enough, he made Donald Trump the star that he is uh, through The Apprentice. Turned him from a, you know, he was a popular building tycoon. And uh, 
turned him into a TV star, and now he's at war with him. So, uh, yes, his bulletproof vest matches his socks. He's wearing Kevlar socks with little pink unicorns and uh, probably uh, dicks on them or something. Uh, Fiona Hill is going to be testifying before the impeachment inquiry. Interestingly enough, Fiona Hill uh, is a known Soros operative. And Roger Stone, I remember, about two and a half years ago, called this. Roger Stone very publicly and live said Fiona Hill is going to cause problems in the Trump administration. And here we are. The uh, Democrats want to hold the impeachment inquiry behind closed doors. What's that all about, huh? What are they going to do? Are they going to walk out and announce, well, we found that Trump was guilty, and so we're going to get rid of him. He's, he's impeached. Right? You got uh, <laughs> the squad saying that Well, we discussed arresting White House personnel that don't cooperate with our little witch hunt here. Do you know how dangerous that is? What's this? You're going to arrest people in the White House if they don't go along with your impeachment inquiry? Who's going to go marching into the White House with handcuffs? I mean, that could very well kick off a civil war. Uh, Second segment, we've got General Paul Vallely going to be coming on to talk about the war against the deep state. Very important to note that uh, the general last time we had him on the show said uh, very cagely, he said, watch for the 18th. Watch for around the 18th. Remember he said that? Well, now Fox Business anchor Maria Bartiromo says her sources are telling her an extensive report by Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz is going to come out on the 18th. How did the general know that? We're going to ask him on the other side. Any questions that you have for him, please put them in the chat if you're over on the fan page at MeWe or if you're listening over uh, freedomhard.com. Because I would like to get them answered. I've got serious questions for the general myself. I get tired of these online, quote-unquote, news sources exploiting fear and starting rumors. And what, what ends up happening is people that do get upset over these things that get end up getting posted, uh, they get upset... And then it doesn't happen. And then they go through the ringer a few more times, and then they just quit believing anything. I was watching Dave Hodge, uh, somebody that I used to kind of respect. And he had this this woman on the ground in California where the uh, martial law was implemented. And the, uh, you know, the blackout and all that. And PG&E shut everybody down. And this woman was just hysterical and blubbering and crying. They're talking about UN troops are poised to invade. Huh? I don't believe that for one second. The UN just just announced that they are broke. 
You think the U.S. military is going to let the U.N. bring in troops? That's never going to happen. But this is the stuff that goes around online, and it's almost like the other side of things where, you know, Stormy Daniels, Russia, now Ukraine, and nothing happens and everybody's burnt out on it after a while. Well, I actually have less respect. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, freak out, scream, martial law, the U.N. sending troops in, and that's why you got to buy my tactical flashlight, right? I mean, I sell stuff on this show, too. I get that they need to make money because it's a business. Your time has got to be worth something. And I was listening to Jen this morning, and she says, I spent nine hours on a show. And I get that because I spend a whole lot of time. Uh, The show, to me, is not just one hour, okay? Usually, it's about four, bare minimum. So, and then I've got, recording to do with Dr. Glidden. I'm not complaining. I'm just uh, letting you know that uh, behind the scenes there's a lot more to it than just sitting down and flipping on a microphone. So those are all the things that we're going to be getting to today. Let's launch this show, everybody. American Radio. I love it. My girlfriend loves it. Even my dog loves it. I love you. Oh, my God. American Radio. We love you. That's all I listen to. American Radio. Sounds like a party, baby. Ooh, yeah. Canadian Broadcast Corporation is reporting that Liberal leader Justin Trudeau took an unprecedented step by wearing a bulletproof vest at a campaign rally in response to a security threat, say two veteran RCMP sources who would never lie. Uh, Maybe they're just saying what they were told. Who knows? The sources who are familiar with the operations of the Prime Minister's personal security detail told CBC News they've seen leaders wear body armor in other countries, but not in Canada. I wonder if they wear lederhosen. It's also unprecedented to have a heavily armed tactical team in plain sight around Trudeau, they said. Normally, those highly trained RCMP members are covert not out in the open at campaign events. Now, I looked at this, and what ended up happening is people waited 90 minutes for him to come out and speak. And the people that were leading the event uh, kept trying to buy time by you know, giving stories about how they immigrated to Canada and life's been great uh, ever since. It's the greatest country on earth. But after a while, people started getting annoyed and saying, where is Trudeau? And so he comes out and he's got like four or five of these guys wearing army green. They've all got backpacks surrounding the prime minister. Now, I thought to myself, this is odd. This is odd. Uh, I've never seen security like that, actually, at a Canadian political event. As they pointed out, you want my thoughts on it? It's theater. It's, it is for public consumption. Okay? Now, have you ever seen Trump surrounded by Marines at a public speaking engagement? No. But you know that Secret Service and probably military are all over the place. There's probably snipers in, in elevated hidden locations watching the crowd. 
uh, facial recognition. So they had these people waiting for gay socks to speak for 90 minutes and they didn't search everybody in the crowd. They didn't stop anybody from leaving to see if they had a gun or a knife or a, even a slingshot. No, no, they decided to put a bunch of guys around him. And Key Bono, who benefits? Who would benefit the most if Prime Minister Gay Sox was actually assassinated? Uh, and not his political rivals. And I'll tell you why. Because Canadians are famous for voting on sympathy. That's right. Get the sympathy vote. That's big in Canada. That's how Jean Chrétien became prime minister because his political rivals uh, during the campaign said, wouldn't you like to have a prime minister that talks out of both sides of his face? And I thought that was funny because the guy's got bell, Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy. So he's got one side of his mouth. And he's French, too. So when he's Bell's palsy, he sounds really funny when they talk. ha <laughs> ha I thought that was hilarious. And Canadians, uh, by and large, said, oh, they made fun of his Bell's palsy. I'm going to vote for him. By the way, Justin Trudeau was formally charged with three counts of uh, prosecutorial misconduct and ethics violations because he got involved in a case against a corrupt engineering firm in Canada. And during the hearing on that, one of the members of the Privy Council, don't go look this up, America, my listeners in the USA, okay? Our government is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous system that was made in another country. But one of our Privy Council members, Michael Wernick, during a hearing on how the Prime Minister basically stepped in on an active investigation and stopped it, he said, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about assassination because people are saying things like traitor on social media and this is going to result in a and assassinations and shootings and and all the worst parts of the book of Revelation. And then Trudeau shows up in Mississauga wearing a bulletproof vest, surrounded by guys. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Where's Michael Wernick? I told you! What is this? This is the, uh... Without firing a shot and actually assassinating somebody, this is stone-cold proof that the the conservative-leaning right Nazis are violent and a threat. And the beautiful part is they didn't have to do anything. Not a thing. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> Let's switch over to Project Veritas. James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas has done some absolutely incredible work over the years. Uh, remember when he exposed Acorn and, uh, you know, trying to uh, teach people how to 
pimp minors during the Obama administration. I mean, it is, it's the best whistleblower avenue out there. Well, turns out not everybody at CNN is happy with how things go around there. Now, Nick Neville, who I kind of feel bad for, all right? Nick Neville is the D.C. bureau chief at CNN. He was very candid on what his thoughts are with the way that uh, CNN is biased. But they are ordered to by Jeff Zuckerberg. Right? Let's go to some of these clips. This is from the brand new Project Veritas video that just came out approximately 45 minutes ago. This guy, I guarantee is looking for a new job because he was just being honest. But hey, you went along with it the whole time, Nick. Why'd you do that? Nick Neville is a media coordinator in CNN's Washington Bureau. He says not everyone at the network agrees with Zucker's anti-Trump agenda. Yeah, because what's difficult is like, we have some conflicting um, things at play here. Like, there's a lot of people who are out here trying to like, just do what they think is like, the best of journalistic integrity. And then you get on the 9 a.m. call, and big boss Jeff Zucker tells you what to do. Uh, and it's like, you have to, like, you have to. To a certain extent, you have to follow his verdict. Yeah, you gotta go with the, with downhill, so you gotta go with, with, with the boss there. Yeah. And he's not, uh, well, he's big, uh, he, I mean, he's, he's like had an ongoing feud with Trump. It's no surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. an ongoing feud with Trump since The Apprentice. Ongoing feud with Trump since The Apprentice, which, by the way, is kind of where Zuckerberg got his start. Right? I mean, he was nobody before that. And then he had this top show, The Apprentice. Well, it turns out the two of them did not like each other very much. And then he went on to uh, be the president of CNN. So we've got audio on that as well. In 2004, Jeff Zucker was one of the executive producers at NBC Entertainment that greenlighted and produced The Apprentice, a show that turned Donald Trump from real estate tycoon to a mega star. Many say the shows and Trump's success helped Zucker rise to the top at NBC. And then, according to Neville and others, Zucker, as the president of CNN, helped Trump become the mega candidate. He's known Trump for a long time. Like, they worked together back during The Apprentice. And hates his guts. Hates his guts. They worked together forever. So this is personal, right? This is very... Very much personal. Now, the man that wore the camera inside of CNN, his name is Kerry Porch, and this has been bothering him for a very long time. Like I said, this was the biggest surprise to me about this whole thing was that it, it it was a big problem inside of CNN for a lot of their employees. They did not like... What was going on? It's almost like an internal war. But they had to do what they were told in order to keep their job. Now, Nick Porch was thinking of quitting his job. He didn't have to wear this camera. He didn't go in. He didn't have to. But he decided that the world needed to know that what they were getting was not unbiased, generic news coverage and 
We've got another CNN employee here that Mr. Porch approached. And they hate covering Donald Trump every single day. They hate it. Let's give it a listen now, shall we? I hate everything, how everything is like all Trump all the time now. Everyone at, my, everyone at the network complains about it. They, they hate covering Trump every day. Everyone at the network complains about it. Can you imagine working there? And let's face it, in this economy, if you have a good paying job, you got to keep it, right? So not even their army of cameramen and techs and, and floor people and sound people and editors, not everybody is down with this. Not everybody is down with this at all. Now, Nick Neville, again... D.C. Bureau Chief for CNN, who I almost feel sorry for. I guess uh, he kind of got ambushed by uh, Kerry Porch. He talks about some of the biggest names on CNN not having any kind of objectivity whatsoever. I mean, he says at least Hannity comes out and says he's a conservative. But these other guys claim to be unobjective Reporters of information, but nothing could be further from the truth. But Hannity is like extremely conservative. He lets you know. However, Don Lemon comes on. He makes you think he's objective news. I'm not trying to bash CNN, dude. I it's whatever, man. But he makes you think he's objective news, but he's blatantly opinionated. All right. So either disclose where you're coming from or get someone who's a little bit more objective. John Lemon is, I mean, love him or hate him, he's blatantly like anti-Trump, he's blatantly left. So maybe Don Lemon could disclose that, but CNN makes it appear as though we have 24 hours of unbiased news. That's not true. Now, this is only part one. Okay, this is only part one of this whole thing. There's more to come. So don't shut the show off just because you want to watch it later. This is preliminary. Okay, this is very much preliminary. And there's a lot worse going to come out. And rumor has it that... uh, Little Brian Stelter himself is going to be uh, prominently featured in some of the next stuff to drop, and it does not look good for him at all. So that's coming. And you can be sure that American Ock Radio will be watching. I want to give a big shout out to uh, the platforms that carry this show. Of course, Mojo Five O, Libertarian, Conservative, Freedom Loving Radio, and also Ria Bose WBN three two four. That's right, we're on the air over in Europe, people. Okay, so there's a shortfall of truth in the media, and there's a ton of information out there that the mainstream media will not get near. Nine eleven. Banker occupation, the Clintons, 
safe and natural health information. The list just goes on and on. She sounds sexy. Enter the World Broadcasting Network. We aim to challenge censorship the tech overlords deal out daily with shows like Sunday Long Live Radio, American Oak Radio, and the Robert Scott Bell Show. We are fighting back for you. Why? Because this is going to take all the truth tellers to push back. And WBN 3T4 aims to be right in the middle of the action. So just type in your browser WBN 3T4 and join the fight for truth. <laughs> Mojo 50 and WBN 324. I've got to give these people credit because without them, American, I, I, I would be sitting in a room by myself just uh, speaking into the ether. <laughs> oh, I've got very little time left. Uh, interesting story. Electric car owners shocked by California blackouts. <laughs> Everybody knows that electric cars are going to save the planet from climate change or or something. Unlike regular cars, which run on gas and make all the polar bears cry as they sink into the sea, electric cars are powered by uh, magic. No, the hammer of Thor. That's it. That must be how it works. Or else owning an electric car would impose some sort of cost to the environment. And that can't happen. Or those guys wouldn't be so insufferably smug. Well, guess what? The power goes out in California, and people's electric cars are sitting. Better call Elon Musk, huh? Need to get in touch with General Paul Vallelie for the next segment. Have your questions ready on Operation Red October and the war against the deep state coming up after this network break on Mojo 5 Stick around. Dr. Ken Brown here. Having an extra supply of food on hand is just smart. Some people call it prepping. I call it smart. You never know what's going to happen in this world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll find out a lot of good reasons to have that food and some great prices. MyPatriotSupply.com. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? Mm. What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-218-6473-800-218-6473-800-218-6473. That's 800-218-6473. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-452-1075. 800-452-1075. That's 800-452-1075. 
You know what makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. And if you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world. JDRF.org. American Radio. Radio. Welcome back to American Ock Radio, everybody. It is Monday, and it's the Thanksgiving weekend. Here in Canada, families are getting together today and having turkey dinner. I actually went to a Viking display at the uh, Royal Alberta Museum yesterday. It was very interesting. And, uh, you know, all kinds of Viking weapons and whatnot. But the most interesting thing about the whole thing to me was, uh, you know, I always wondered, like, what what happened to the Vikings, right? You know, I I just didn't know a whole lot about the subject. And it turned out that uh, Christianity happened to the Vikings. They had a, a pagan religion with multiple gods. They had human sacrifice. Uh, they believed heavily in raping and pillaging. And then they converted officially to Christianity, and all of that stopped. Very, very interesting stuff. We're going to try and get General Valilee on the line here. I'm going to call him up right now, live on the show. Dun, 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 dun. Hello, Mike. Gen- one. Yes, sir. General Valley. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Let me uh, hold one second. Yeah, you bet. General Valley's just throwing on his earpiece, everybody. We'll give him a second here. <laughs> <laughs> You're live on the air, sir. I want to make. Can you hear me all right? I hear you just great. You're coming through loud and clear. Are you done your lunch? I did. Just finished. That's our excellent. Ne- our next new governor of Montana. Oh, uh, tell us about the next new governor of Montana. He's an Air Force veteran. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Great guy. Dr. Al Yoshetsky. Dr. Al Yoshetsky. Yoshetsky. And, and nice, uh, Polish name. Yeah, it sounds like it. Is he going to be a nightmare to the deep state? I assume that's why you're talking to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. So uh, we've got limited time here, so I want to get right into it. Uh, Very, very interesting stuff. uh, So last time uh, I spoke to you, you mentioned to me to keep my eyes open and the rest of my listening audience for the 18th of October that something was going to be happening. Well, Maria Bartiromo over on Fox uh, Business News has just announced that the... Justice Department uh, Inspector General Michael Horowitz, uh, her sources are telling her that the IG report is going to be dropping on the 18th. Now, does that go along? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> that is uh, uh. very coincidental, I've got to say. Also, I, I ha- wonder. So go ahead. I, would, I was just going to say, I wonder how I knew that. Uh, that's what I said at the beginning of the show, ladies and gentlemen. How do you think he knew that? So that is a really good confirmation on the uh, validity of yourself as a source. I never really had a doubt myself, but uh, 
I mean, people need these things. They need to have these confirmations that things are actually marching forward in a positive direction, General, because uh, we've had these little riddles and clues and you've got all these rumors flying around out there and people after a while kind of throw their hands in the air and say you know what I don't see a lot of progress and uh, I'm walking away from the whole thing so I mean uh, let me give you one uh, general people are talking about UN troops are going to invade the United States of America is there any kind of validity to that whatsoever general I don't believe it but I want to hear it from you United Nations doesn't have any troops well they they just said they're going broke (laughs) <laughs> right? This- well, they are. Yeah, we we we've been paying about eighty percent of their bill, but uh, <laughs> the United Nations doesn't have any troops. They have to go to the United States or Russia or other countries to get their troops. <laughs> Nobody wants to work for the United Nations. Right, right, and and so you know you get these guys trying to sell combat-grade flashlights on YouTube, putting out these big reports that the power outage in California was just to make a way for UN troops. And, you know, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you get these reports out and people get pissed off. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, and I mean, over the years, I've heard other people do it too. Like during the Obama administration, you had prominent people in the quote unquote patriot movement coming out and saying, my sources in the Air Force are telling us the government is putting a green or red dot on everybody's mailbox and it's going down this weekend. Well, I mean, these guys, (laughs) if you listen to these guys, you'd think it was going to happen every single weekend. And after a while, people just kind of, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm not listening anymore. But uh, General Dalley, I have a question for you from our chat room on the uh, the American Arc Radio, uh, Radio fan page. Do you know who the individual calling himself or themselves, if it's an organizational effort, Q? Uh, what do you know about that? Was that part of the PSYOP? What are you at liberty to say? Or is it a bunch of bunk? Well... Let me just tell you the Q QAnon's tied to information. Um, and it comes out of a group uh, called the uh, Army of Northern Virginia. Okay? Yeah. Now, this is a group of military intelligence specialists of over 800 people that advise the president. And so, the president doesn't have a lot of a lot of confidence in the CIA or even the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, as much uh, anymore. So he relies on these real operators. Most of them are special operations type of people. Yeah. And so this is where Q Q picks up and gets some of their information, as I understand it. All right. So now we've had it announced that Eight uh, Chan was dropped. Uh, they've come back now. Eight uh, Chan Chan was. Uh, child in Japanese. They've now announced that they're going to relaunch as 8-kun, which is young adult in Japanese. So there's a a ripening of age in the PSYOP. Uh, It's also been announced that 8-kun is going to be backed up by military satellites so that if there's an internet blackout, that message cannot be stopped. What uh, Can you say anything about that, General? Well, I know what they're looking at now, these alternate technologies of actually creating a, a separate uh, Internet 
Okay. Yep. Uh, and this inter- internet can't be co- compromised. It was so high tech. Uh, of course, that's up to conjecture. But there's some technologies in clouding and all of this stuff that they're working on, and the Chinese have been working on it as well. But they're really looking alternatives to communicate worldwide uh, with an alternative, or you know, I'd say an alternative to our internet as we know it today. That's all I, I can tell you about that. Fair enough, General. You've uh, you've you've told me a lot in just what you said there. I appreciate that. Um, so also, I had another listener point out to me that there are some major anti-Trump, Antifa-type protests scheduled for the 19th, uh, the day after the uh, Inspector General report is set to launch. Is there a leak inside the Inspector General's office, and is that how they knew to plan it for the day after? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, General? Well, I, I don't know about that. All I know is that uh, uh, this Antifa is very well funded. Uh, Let's get into and, that. Uh, the, the mayors, uh, the mayor of the cities, uh, have to really stand up. Uh, uh, many of them very liberal socialist Democrats, as we see in Portland, Oregon, for example, that we saw in Minneapolis. Uh, these mayors actually should be arrested by the police uh, for their activities. Uh, which are counter to a good, productive society in their cities. And they're encouraging by allowing this to happen. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they've heard about the 18th some way and uh, they're planning uh, uh, any kind of uh, protest in, in the various cities where they're located. i got to ask you, General, uh, this is another question that I talked about with another fellow that I was talking with just the other day. Do you personally know or have you had interactions with General Michael Flynn? Yes. You guys know each other pretty well? Fairly well. And have you spoken? fact, before, well, I was in Moscow a couple months before he went over, so I talked to him before he left. And then when he left, I'll go over there and uh, go to the 10th banquet of Russia RT, Russian television, and he sat with Putin. I had been in Moscow two months earlier than at setting up the meeting between Trump and Putin, which I did while I was there, and that was at the G20 conference in 2017. So, um, yes, and uh, Michael Flynn must be vindicated. Uh, He was one of the uh, individuals that the deep state attacked first, as you remember, and what they've done to that gentleman who's a great patriot and and a soldier have just uh, harmed him and his family so much. So uh, I think all of that's going to be turned around for General Flynn. Uh, We'll see what happens uh, shortly. I myself predict that when everything comes out in the wash, General Flynn is going to be a rich man from all the lawsuits he's going to (laughs) launch. Well, they need to put some money back in his coffers because he sure deserves it. But, you know, the money he's had to spend just on, on legal, on fees, attorney fees, and that's been un- But he has a great attorney right now. So, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I know uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi as well, and they really railroaded him. I mean, he was looking at, you know, he would have basically died in jail uh, unless he lied about the president, was the deal, basically. And uh, we all know that even if he did, they still would have rolled on him. Yeah. Yeah, I know Jerry. I've done a lot of articles with him. Uh, yep. Well, these are all the travesties that the deep state has, has created in the United States. 
I'm sure you don't have anything to that degree in Canada, do you? <laughs> no, not even close. It's uh, nothing but sunshine and lollipops <laughs> up here. There's no shooting, no crime, <laughs> health care is free, and uh, all that the <laughs> lies that they tell Americans about Canada. Interestingly enough, I, I did have a question about Canada for you. Um, okay. A year or two ago, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, Prime Minister Gay Sox, uh, met with uh, former Secretary of State John Kerry on a private Ooh. island with the Aga Khan, who is the international leader of the Hashashin, or the International Order of Assassins, going back hundreds of years. Now, uh, Trump had just been elected. He had not been inaugurated. Uh, and they said that, and, and interestingly enough, uh the prime minister ditched his personal security detail in order to go to this meeting. Now, is there any uh, that you're aware of? Is there any kind of uh, uh, transmissions that were intercepted from that meeting? A lot of Canadians are really upset about it. And it, 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 a lot of people are speculating that they were openly speaking about an assassination plot on the president and how to deal with it afterward. Can you, are you at liberty to speak on that subject, General? Um, Mike, I wish I could, but I really don't know anything much about it other than what you've said. I, I, I was not drawn into that. Don't okay. have any background information to help you on that one. That's good. And like I said before, if you don't know, that's the best answer. So, General, I've been kind of just going on and on here. Uh, I want to give you the floor uh, for the rest of this segment, if you want. Uh, what is the most pressing thing to get out to the world and to America as to what is going to happen next? Are they anticipating any kind of uh, uh, rioting or civil unrest or... Uh, anything that we need to know. I'm going to give you the floor. What's uh, the biggest thing on your mind right now, General, with where we're at and what's about to come down the pike? Well, I'm, I'm giving a talk Thursday morning down here uh, in Montana on uh, national security threats to the United States, and uh, I've listed about four or five as priority um, uh, one of the top priority uh, threats to America is the movement to a socialist state here in America. Yeah. Uh, that is a very big threat now, and a lot of our millennials and students think it's just great that we have a socialist state and we have all these giveaway programs. To me, that's the biggest threat to America right now. Uh, the second uh, uh, biggest threat uh, would be the cartels and the illegal border crossers, which we really have a handle on finally. Uh, and uh, shore up uh, our borders so that uh, people are coming into this country for whatever reason, whether they're visitors or tourists, or they're coming here on work visas, that we legitimize those people that are coming across legitimately and really enforce our laws. Uh, the third uh, would be China and uh, uh, their influence around the world now. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, Trump is handling that uh, uh, very keenly now with the Chinese on uh, these new trade deals that hopefully will take effect. Uh, but the Chinese expansion of their military, their continued support of North Korea, definitely uh, a threat. Uh, 
I think uh, the fourth uh, threat is uh, the undermining of Europe, which then affects the United States, uh, particularly with the European Union and uh, their inability to even have their countries have strong leaders over there. Uh, and they're basically, many of them, failing states uh, from, from an economic standpoint. So I think that's a, a big threat, uh, not only to Europe, but the United States and other people that uh, deal, deal with Europe. I think the fifth biggest threat is the uh, education of our young people, that they're not getting uh, a very basic uh, uh, education in history, uh, in the sciences, uh, where they can get jobs. They're influenced by a tremendous uh, 18 to 19 out of 20 professors at most of our universities uh, lean left, uh, and uh, they influence with propaganda uh, all the way down to the grade school. So I think that's the fifth biggest threat that we have right now is turning around our education and make sure our children as they come up understand history, understand our Constitution, understand uh, uh, the importance of having a free and democratic society. Uh, so those are the five things that I'm going to stress, so Mike. Absolutely. Let's actually get into uh, just a, a little bit of detail with those things that you've outlined now, talking about uh, illegal immigration and the threat that it poses, uh, did you guys have any intel on uh, any Mexican military or cartel or Chinese or uh, Islamo-fascist cells coming in across and operating in North America? And has there been a mop-up operation on those? Are they still a threat or has that been contained? contained to a great deal uh, since we're building a very strong wall and a very strong passage system uh, uh, through our uh, legal uh, legal entry sites. Uh, But you have to keep in mind, not only is it the borders, our borders are our airports too, Mike, uh, also our ports of entry uh, from the sea. So you have those that have been very much concerned of what may be shipped into this country and what has been shipped, especially opioids, uh, heroin, uh, that is funded by the cartels. And so we are cleaning that up as best we can. Of course, they need new laws in Congress to authorize uh, certain things, and the Democrats won't cooperate with the president on that. So, um, Well, you mentioned fentanyl, and it seems like the Mexicans have, have kind of been working on that uh, with the Trump administration. They just had that huge bust in southern Mexico of, uh, well, basically enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the continental United States. The Mexican Navy intercepted it. So is there some collusion between the U.S. government and the Mexican government, also on the illegals? Uh, We have not seen another one of these, quote-unquote, caravans Coming up through Mexico, it's a dead issue. Mainstream media is not talking about kids in cages anymore. So is there some reciprocation with the Mexican government and the Trump administration to put a lid on this? Well, there is, and that was one of the great moves by President Trump. Strategically, it was brilliant that we had recommended to him earlier to meet with the presidents of Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, excuse me, uh, and uh, work something out on an agreement uh, with the idea that if they don't cooperate with us, we would cut off their foreign aid immediately by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, So uh, President uh, Trump negotiated with the Mexicans to stand up, 
support us. They've now allocated over 24,000 troops on the Ameri- on the U.S.-Mexican border, as well as the southern border of Mexico. And they're also filtering out those uh, coming in from Cuba. A lot of people didn't realize a lot of the people coming into the United States also were coming from Cuba into Mexico, uh, then, in, then crossing the border into the United States and into Canada. So uh, it's worked very well. We've got the cooperation going now with Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua to some degree, uh, El Salvador, uh, and, of course, uh, Mexico. And that's why you see uh, everything tightening up now and getting back to a more, uh, I would say, uh, situation where we don't have all of those uh, people that are coming up uh, uh, from the south crossing our borders as we saw last year for the last 18 months. Well, that's interesting that you said the president got a hold of them and said we're cutting your foreign aid by 5 o'clock if they don't do this. That was never recorded. Well, he, didn't, he, he didn't exactly say that. We asked him to say that. Right. He may have said it, but what he basically said, economically, we're going to slap tariffs on everything you do, Mexico. And so, uh, you know, we have a big trade going on here, so you got to work with us and help us. And that's what is great about President Trump. He can negotiate if he can't get cooperation from Congress, and that's what he's been doing. Brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant because, I mean, the U.S. holds the cards. Another thing, you know, if Trump does, uh, you know, let's say he serves two terms, if, if the deep state isn't thoroughly smashed by that time, which I expect that it will be, by the way, but uh, no president will ever again be able to say, look, we can't just make these deals. Look, we can't just change this law. Because that's one thing that Trump has shown the nation is that, yes, you can as a sitting president. I mean, look at all the power that they concentrated in the executive branch with the uh, executive orders and all the rest. I think they were setting it up for Hillary Clinton to really drive the last nail into the republic. Mike, politicians don't understand how to do that. They don't understand. They don't understand how you make deals politically and internationally. Which is why Trump, a businessman, is better. Right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Let's talk. We haven't had a politician could make a deal, including the Bushes and uh, the Clintons, Obamas. They couldn't make a deal if they tried. Well, they probably didn't want to. They they had no interest in it unless it was making a deal for their own personal gain or to put money in Hunter Biden's pocket. Yeah, well, that's right. And they didn't know how to do it. They didn't have the skills to do it like President Trump has. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're seeing the results of it now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Chinese military. You're a general. You are well aware of American military capabilities. Do you think... That if a conventional war came up between the United States and China, say tomorrow, tomorrow the shooting started, uh, would they be tough to deal with? Or is the U.S. military in a position where we could crush them fairly quickly? Well, they've they've got an extensive uh, uh, naval uh, capability now that they didn't have. They're coming out with their new carriers, uh, their new... uh, copies of the F-22 and uh, their fighter aircraft, a lot of that technology they stole from us. Uh, but they've improved considerably. But keep in mind, they're a land-based uh, uh, army for the most part. Uh, they're not extended around the, uh, uh, the world as the United States is with our various lily pads that we have. Uh, so uh, 
I don't know. Where would the land war be? That's a good question. Right. Yeah, maybe <laughs> North Korea? Where, yeah, yeah where, where would you have the conventional war? Right, right. Well, and there's probably U.S. weaponry that uh, would blow people's minds. Are you aware of anything like that? I'm not asking you to give out any classified information, but have they have they got technology that people just just can't wrap their head around right now? Well, absolutely, and of course, Russia and uh, and and China are progressing forward as well in the high tech area. One of the big things is in the space area uh, and cyber terrorism or cybersecurity, uh, cyber warfare, if you want to call it that. It's just like the Israelis now in their phase one, if they would attack Iran, they would use cyber attacks against their computers. They would knock out all the computers for their missiles, for their aircraft, and so on. And so that's probably what would happen in a future war. You would take the high-tech approach and then knock out their uh, computers. And they can do that with EMP uh, technology, uh, uh, electromagnetic pulse technology, which is a low-yield uh, nuclear uh, attack, which basically deadens uh, all your computers. Yeah. doesn't kill people. So there's all that technology out there. A lot of the capabilities, uh, even now that the China is uh, experimenting in, is the uh, space, outer space. So which uh, which Trump counteracted by by uh, creating the space force. Yeah. Exactly. With, okay, great. So, anyhow, yeah, no, this I is... don't see any big land land wars anymore. I don't see any big land wars anymore. You think uh, that's a thing of the past? On World War II. Yes. No more bayonet fighting in the trenches. Very little. Okay, fair, that's <laughs> that's an interesting statement. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless it's uh, a situation like you see with terrorists and uh, Al Qaeda and. And so on, ISIS, uh, where you get in there hand-to-hand and knives and pistols and so on. But we use that with our lily pad approach. If we find a target, just like down in Syria, we can attack any target in the world 24 hours a day, anywhere. Within like with five minutes probably, hey? Yeah, some of it down to five minutes, sure. Yeah, yeah. Even our submarine launches, our submarine launches... Uh, a lot of people don't realize, but an aircraft carrier group in the United States has uh, 10 to 12 warships. And uh, that aircraft carrier group, just one, and we have uh, 10 to 12 active now, have 80% more firepower than most countries of the world. Wow, that's that's impressive. Uh, don't mess with the USA. Uh, we are rapidly running out of time, General. I've got one more question i got to run by you. Uh, two and a half years ago, sure. Roger Stone predicted that Soros operative Fiona Hill was going to cause problems in the White House, and now she's one of the whistleblowers going to the impeachment inquiry. Now, if Stone knew that, the Trump administration had to know that. Did they hold on to her uh, in order for her, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And uh, did they predict that this would happen? Was information fed to her on purpose? Is this the trap? We've got one minute uh, remaining, General. Go ahead. <laughs> well, let's just say uh, uh, if I was President Trump right in that first month, I would have gotten rid of all the Obama appointees that, I, that were in the administration and had them resign, and I would have completely cleaned that deep state right from the beginning. <laughs> Excuse me, he should have done that. But now he's cleaning up the deep state as he goes along. And uh, I would doubt if he's going to keep anybody around that's against making information. 
uh, and don't think that's the way he operates. So uh, I would I would think as they're uncovered, they're going to be uh, removed from the administration, which they should be. General, thank you so much for your time. It is always fascinating to have you on the show, and I'm going to keep in touch with you as things develop. Okay, we'll see what happens on the 18th. I will be watching, and I'll get a hold of you on the 20th or 21st to have you back on if we need you. General Paul Valerie, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, sir. Thank you, Mike, and I can't wait for my trip to Edmonton. All right, we'll be in touch. We've got to let you go. we got the music coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, General Paul Vallelie, what an amazing interview. You've got to spread that to everybody you know. General Vallelie just confirmed the existence of Q and that that is an actual military intelligence op. Right here on American Uck Radio. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. Spread this show to your friends and family. The war on the deep state is hot. Operation Red October. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.